After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about good ones. We talk about bad ones. And we talk about ones where people say weird shit like this. In a world where laughter was king. No in a world, Jack. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... No, I don't think so. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has, as always. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Uh, well, the Oscars are this Sunday. Obviously, we're very excited about that. So excited. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Stars jerking each other off. Where do I sign up? (laughs) Actually, it is such a disaster this year. I'm actually tempted to watch it. (laughs) They don't have a host after uh, Kevin Hart kind of got pushed out or dropped out. And now people are angry because they're not uh, broadcast. Have you been following this? (laughs) What do you think? No. Um, They're not like broadcasting certain categories now. They're going to do them during commercial breaks to shorten it up. And everybody's like super mad about that. They're the worst. Um, Anyway... Like I say, that all kind of makes it worth watching <laughs> to me just to just see. Just in hopes that it'll be a like, total How are they going to handle the no, the no hosting? I don't know. But um, anyway, we thought it would be a good idea to finally do a show that we had um, a notion about a really long time ago, which is to talk about a different kind of commercial today, uh, a movie trailer. Do you consider movie trailers to be commercials? I think so. I, I mean, it's, so. it's, it's, a, it's a hot dog, a sandwich. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Um, so to do that, since we don't know anything about movies, we only are experts in commercials. <laughs> we have some special guests here from the Deadbeat Film Society. We have Emily and Kevin. Hello, Emily. Hello. Hello, Kevin. Hi. Uh, thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, yeah. So um, you guys, you guys like movies. You know everything about movies and trailers. And yes. I can yes. kind of slowly Hello. back out of the room now. Yeah. Emily, you guys take over. <laughs> Um, our idea today is to go over the um, the trailers for Best Picture, right? Yes. And kind of to, because for me, the whole point of this is I I swear, although I can't think of any great examples, there are some great trailers for some awful movies, and I'm sure there are some awful trailers for really great movies as well. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be a trailer maker, not a. This is a true story, not a <laughs> filmmaker, because I loved the idea of like kind of taking somebody else's whole thing and then like kind of creating the sizzle reel of it. Yeah. So much easier. I've always kept my dreams in check. (laughs) Is my point. I always wanted to like draft off of other people's work. But then even that modest dream you gave up on. Yeah, I just went into podcasting. (laughs) Um, So uh, before we get into the trailers, really quickly, how do you guys feel about the Oscars? Are you guys Oscars watchers? I mean, you have a whole podcast about movies. I usually would say that I don't like it, but I watch it every year. You do? (laughs) Yeah. I think of the two of us, I'm the movie one that's like more interested in film and what's happening in movie. Emily's more of a TV person. So the Oscars is sort of like a perfect marriage of the two where, you know, it's like a TV program about movies. And so I get something, she (laughs) gets something. It is a perfect mix. I love that. (laughs) Do you do an Oscar ballot to put a little, you know, make it interesting? No, we've never done that, but we... We've talked about it. We should do that. Yeah. Or like doing a special Oscar show, yeah. Oscar bingo, something Central like that. Central Cinema always plays it for free. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. That, that would and be so fun. I've always wanted to go to that. Yeah. So that can be on my list and maybe we can make a ballot. So do you have any feelings about the whole Oscar? I mean, people are really upset about and I, I was I follow a lot of like um, film reviewers on uh, on Twitter and I don't really know why I'm not that much into film I just went through and I deleted at one point all of the like political things and anything that makes me angry so mm-hmm. I've just got a bunch of sports people and uh, film reviewers now and 
I thought there was just I thought that there was going to be a revolution based on this these angry tweets from film reviewers saying like how can you disrespect the academy and how can you disrespect the the entire film industry by like co- the the um, categories they're not going to broadcast on TV or cinematography makeup live action short and editing and I thought it was a huge those deal. Those are pretty big mark. Those are kind of interesting and marquee ones to yeah, not broadcast especially cinematography. Yeah. But then I was listening to All Things Considered today on my local public radio station, which you should all support. Um, And they mentioned that last year's broadcast was almost four hours long and had the lowest ratings maybe in history or in a really, really long time. I'm like, well, okay, these nerds on my timeline are pissed off about it, but Mm -hmm. if it had that low of ratings, yeah, you got to do something. So I follow the other half of Twitter that's like, we have never been represented in cinema. This is ridiculous. I'm not attending this anymore. We're the only ones who are making quality programming. Like, why are we not? So I like see the other side of it. These are marginalized communities, you mean? Yeah, or or just, you know, the part part of Twitter that's just like angry that the Oscars is like super white and outdated. Yeah, you're right. Versus the film reviewers who are trying to uphold the history Right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and as far as the host? I am for no host. Uh, what are they going to do? Just have a b- bunch of different people go up there? I don't and... know, but I, I'm sick of what's happening yeah. because it's gotten really long and I feel like something new could be interesting. I think so, too. Yeah. I, think so too. I don't even know that it needs a host. Like, what's the point of the host? I can't even think of the last couple hosts. I don't know that it matters, right? Yeah. I mean, it's TV. They can just put people up there, put right. music, Cards, whatever. Yeah. The only hosts I remember from any amount, any recent history is the debacle that was Anne Hathaway and James Franco. Oh, right, 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 right. And Um, only because it was a debacle. And why am I blanking on his name? The the famous comedian. We saw him. We saw him work out his Oscar material live when we went oh, to some Chris random. Rock. Chris Rock did it a couple of years ago too. That was a weird thing. We were in L.A. and somebody said, um, "Hey, do you want to go see this Dave Chappelle show?" Chappelle had not been performing still at this point. It was like some oh. like so you were like yes yeah. So we, we I mean we paid for the tickets, but it was like it was at this like a uh, Latin dance club in L.A. that I had never heard of before, and it just became a comedy club for the night. And they made you like take they took away everybody's phones or put them in like special things so nobody. Yeah. Tape, and then he just brought out this like, is cavalcade a word? Cavalcade, cavalcade, cavalcade. Yes, of of uh, famous people who just like walked out on stage, including like Chris Rock. He's like, I'm going to bring out a friend of mine, and Chris Rock comes out and just like kind of does a loose version of some jokes he was working out for the Oscars. It was by far the coolest thing we've ever been a part of. It was <laughs> it was a real L.A. moment, sort of. <laughs> Um, anyway, well, let's talk about the uh, these trailers uh, for the best pictures. Let's, I got a little music to get us into this. Oh, let's go out to the movies. They're better than ever before. It took me an hour to find this. Romance to thrill you and mysteries to chill you and tales of adventure galore. Who will take the kids to the movies? Again, it took me a long time to find it, so we're going to listen to it. Okay. <laughs> And we'll cry as each scene passes by So let's go on to a show All right uh, Let's start with the film um, That I think this was actually One of the most famous trailers In a really long time It was for A Star is Born Like I remember people They sure played it Every movie I was at in the last year You and I were seeing a lot of movies around that time And they played it But also I don't You and I saw it a lot And it seemed pretty saturated Um 
And then I realized people were freaking out. Like, people were just, like, watching it at their offices all the time. They had it memorized. <laughs> I think it was, like, Katie Weaver, maybe, I realized, was, like, freaking out about it. Yeah. Did you guys pick up on that, too? I, I didn't. It kind of feels like a music video. And so I feel yes. like if you like Lady yeah. Gaga, you would listen to it because it's, like, a music video. Right. Yeah. I'm going to play a little bit of the original one that got so much attention here. Um <laughs> Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Takes a lot to change, man. Hell, it takes a lot to try. This is the problem with this. It's just going to be a lot it's of music. It's going to be music. a lot of Bradley Cooper <laughs> of Bradley. proving that he did, exactly. in fact, learn how to sing for this movie. Despite his hearing troubles. You were going to do something. That you'd be all Speaking right. of Dave Chappelle, oh, yeah. it's the first time I'm worried about you. All right, Brad's now we get to the new star, yes. Lady Gaga, who no one thinks is Tell pretty. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not a problem in her <laughs> Super real life. Super believable. Yeah. So believable. Yeah. No one thinks she's pretty. I just think it's awesome that they finally cast somebody ugly to be in a movie, especially <laughs> a woman. Um, so that was getting tons of uh, play at the theaters, and of course, uh, everybody was watching it. But then, here's the deal, Veeves. You know that it was really pissing me off, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a bad trailer necessarily, but like this type of thing just icks me out so much like this overly dramatic like Lady Gaga especially the I'm too ugly to be famous um, the whole thing come here let me look at turn what does he say turn around let <laughs> we'll me look at it. you okay is it, is it coming up here yeah, in a second yeah it's coming up in a second why I just don't feel comfortable why wouldn't you feel comfortable almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded but that they didn't like the way I look I think you're beautiful I will be honest. We were at um, at the bar the other day, Vives, when the um, Grammys were on, and she was performing. And almost everybody in that bar is usually really cool, but there were some knuckle draggers to my right, just like kind of like average. When I say knuckle draggers, I, I mean knew, average I, no, guys. I knew exactly. Yes, that, yes. and this guy said, <laughs> oh, "I heard him and his buddy talking. He's like, oh, look at the schnoz.'" So nice. yeah, no people are. So assholes. it's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Lady Gaga is not beautiful yeah. enough to be, oh to be a pop star. Um, but here's the deal. So that whole thing irritated me because I'm like, I would hate this movie. I'd hate this whole dramatic everything that's going on with this thing. But then I saw um, what is listed, I think, as just it's called a, an alternate trailer. It's called Songwriter, and they played this once before a movie that you and I were watching, Vives, and I liked it because it just started as a scene. It, it didn't go through the usual tropes of clips from the movie and a bunch of different dialogue. It just started with a very long shot of um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's characters sitting in a parking lot. It's clearly just a scene from a movie. And as a trailer, they just launch you into it like this. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? Is that me? That's you. You just write that now? Yeah. It's pretty good. I started writing this song the other day. Maybe that could work, like as a chorus or something. I'm off the 
<laughs> now, see, that's where I can't handle the corniness of this shit. But we are a minute into this, and so far they haven't shown anything except for this scene from the movie. And I freaking love that. Do you remember me saying, like, yes, I kind of freaked out in the excited. theater? <laughs> yes. And I sort of feel like uh, trailers can be so crash them up, bang up, so much stuff going on. And then just to drop this thing, which is a very still scene, I felt like it really got my attention. Can I ask you a question? So you guys have been inundated with this ad over and over and over again. Did it work? Did you guys go see the movie? Oh, Christ, no. It looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew would never go see this movie. Oh, I was... Man. Uh, I wasn't anxious to go see it, so I never did. It's the kind of movie that if if a girlfriend had said, "Hey, do you want to go see A Star Is Born this weekend?" I would have. I wouldn't have refused to see it. Did either yeah. of you see it? Yes. I did not. I saw it and I loved it. Yeah, I really, really, really loved this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I really liked the the one before this with Chris Christopherson. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm kind of a target for that. But um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, did you like it better than the Chris Christopherson one? Oh, yeah, yeah, by far. Yeah? Yeah, I really did, yeah. Oh. Chris and- Christopherson one is kind of mediocre. It's oh, okay. really? I feel like um, the is message Barbara is Barbara Streisand the, the mm-hmm. young mm-hmm. woman in that? Yeah. Also... <laughs> Another schnoz. <laughs> that's that's the through line. I, 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 I did the, the, old, the, the mom thing where the nose. You just <laughs> <laughs> say the word you can't say. Right, exactly. But then sometimes they'll do it about words you can say and yeah, they yeah. only made it weird. Oh, yeah, like, oh, Mike, yeah, he's dating a Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to whisper Mexican. It's not a swear but word. But the person that whispers it. it is telling you so much <laughs> yeah, about yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Um, I thought it was really interesting because a lot of the trailers that we watched, we watched multiple versions where some of them were just an edited version of the original trailer Uh but this was really interesting because the first one is essentially a music video and then to have a second trailer that has like no music in it it's an acapella trailer for a movie that I mean I didn't see but I'm sure it has as much music in it as a musical yeah no like it's chock full of like the whole thing's a soundtrack Mm -hmm. so I thought it was interesting I respected the choice to make the trailer without music in it me too it really stood out well if I've learned one thing from Bradley Cooper's interviews about this movie is that uh, he really wants you to respect his choices, oh so he appreciates God. it. Yeah, I feel like guy. he's making me want to see it less. Oh my God! Even though Lady little, Gaga's making me want to see it he's more, he's been a little self-serious. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a talented guy, and I wish him well. But he has been a little ridiculous. I mean, he was in The Hangover, right? Can we level? Right, I know. Right. Come on, in dude. all of them, all three of them. I I assume. Yes. I think I tapped out after the second <laughs> one. No, he was in all three of them. You read that Taffy Brodesser Ackner piece That's what in the I've New, been York, thinking New York about, Times yeah. uh, magazine. He was in. Insufferable. That's she's, the thing. she's an amazing writer. She does probably, probably like the best or some of the best um, uh, profiles. profiles of famous people now. And she's just looking for an angle with him, and he will give her nothing because his so art she, is so pure. So she just writes it up that way. Yeah. She's just like he gave me nothing, so I just went around talking to other people. He That's just, amazing. And then she'll describe him sitting That's there okay. being pretentious <laughs> at the table during the interview. It was pretty amazing. I mean, he remade an existing movie. That's been yeah. Yeah. that was a re- that has in fact been remade twice now right 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 um anything else to say about this trailer or the movie um i thought it was interesting that the first trailer opens with the mpaa rating seriously yeah i thought that was just like kind of a coincidence well some of the other trailers didn't and so i was wondering is that like a choice of the the vehicle that we saw the trailer on like some of them were from imdb some of them were from the website of the movie i know in the theater they play it i just thought it was really interesting because it was the only one that had that my guess is that it just is because that happened to be the link i grabbed i could be totally wrong about that so i don't know if that's an indicator of anything but i think that one might have just so where did i grab that one from that was the imdb one huh i just always forget about that because i don't see a lot of 
movies. No. <laughs> so I see trailers this way on the internet. I like your approach so- to doing a movie podcast, which mm-hmm. is I don't watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, that's 100% accurate. Yeah, that's basically what our podcast I is. actually do watch a lot of movies for the podcast. Uh, um, I think if, you, if those warnings are always green, unless it's like really bad, then it's red, yeah. right? Like NC-17, I think it'll switch that up to mm-hmm. red. And I feel like the design of them has been the same since they were created, yes. which I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, okay. Earlier, I mentioned... Um, great trailers for bad movies and I think Vice is the thing that comes closest to that did you guys see Vice I did and I actually really liked it you did see that one yeah oh nice I almost said why am I asking you (laughs) (laughs) no I saw it you did like it it's it's not gonna be great reviews I I haven't seen it I think a lot of the reason why I don't watch a lot of movies is because a lot of the movies that come out not to minimize the movies that are great are like a remake of a Spider-Man movie that came out four years ago and so I tend to just like generally not feel like it's new stuff or Mm -hmm. that interesting whereas I feel like a lot of the original content that's coming out in like television form is highly produced it'll be like an eight episode mini series that I can watch at home so I've been more focused on that Mm. but I did like Vice there's some parts of it where he's like doing a thing that aren't successful but I liked that it was something new Mm -hmm. Emily and I were talking about this one on the way over because I did not see this movie and I agree like I don't really like Adam McKay's movies he also made Talladega Nights he kind of has this long career with Will Ferrell (laughs) yeah and I think one of the interesting things and like probably the reason why this is getting so much press is that he's able to take that Talladega Nights filmmaking and apply it to like this subject that's basically speaking truth to power, which is fascinating. And he's like getting straight to the Ricky Bobbies in the middle of America and telling them like, hey, things are kind of messed up right now. And I think that that is really fascinating. And I also think that the people who complain about like, you know, makeup and cinematography getting edited out of the Oscars presentations are the same people that didn't like this movie. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. It's yeah. a, it, the critics were not fans, but that like, just a movie goer could enjoy sure, it. Really, yeah. Yeah. I have to like, say, well, look at Christian Bale; he's fat now. I yeah. was <laughs> so psyched to see this movie. The trailer made me want to watch it. Yes, like nothing else. I mean, it looked so good, uh, and it's exactly the kind of thing that I enjoy, like a uh, a satirical uh, political movie. And then the, I then I read too many reviews that were like uh, pretty critical of it, and and that uh, essentially castigated. Uh, Adam McKay for sort of um, glossing over the 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 real things that happened and focusing on uh, like they said the performances were good but that the that the movie was not a a truthful uh, I don't know if it was true I mean I know that the things in it really happened but that he he like sort of elided the motivations and things of some of the main characters so I I'm gonna see it but it's, I think at this point I'm gonna wait till it's on cable. I mean, the performances that we see in the trailer are, I mean, it's uh, Sam Rockwell, right? Yeah. The performances are very good. Yeah, playing. Like, everyone in it is great. Um, well, let's take a look. So this opens up. Uh, this is, again, how I like trailers to open. Just, like, choose a scene and stay on it for a second. Don't automatically go into, like, montage mode. And I really like this. This is uh, George W. Bush uh, about to invite Dick Cheney to be his vice president. What do you say? I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my vice. Well, George, I, uh, I'm the CEO of a large company. And he is inhabiting the character. And I have been White House Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. 
Uh-huh. However, if we came to a uh, different understanding, <laughs> I can handle the more mundane jobs overseeing bureaucracy, military, energy, and uh, foreign policy. You know, the more mundane things. Right. Yeah, right. I like that. <laughs> I uh, I first knew about this because you actually sent me the trailer, Vives, which is not I something so you do excited. often, but yeah. it must have come across your transom and you emailed me. That's how the bad the, the reviews were, that I went from sending you a trailer to like, yeah. we have to, like, this is appointment viewing for us. No, I think you should see it. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not, so, it's not a documentary, right? He makes yeah. it with an angle. He made the big short. It definitely has, oh, pretty, like, a direction. There are some things that I don't think, I mean, I don't think it was the best movie. I was kind of surprised that it was nominated, but I really liked watching mm-hmm. it. Well, I think, I'm sure I'll like it too. I think the reviews just, I, I read them at a, in a moment when I was really um, susceptible or something. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you guys this, and I hate to, I feel like I do this all the time. I take, talk about my age too much, but we're a bit older than you, probably by about 10 years. I'm going to say I'm 42 now. I don't know yep. how old you guys 33. are. Yeah. Um, and so... For me, like the Bush administration was going on right when I was like out of college. I was in my first journalism job. I was covering shit, not on a national level, on a local level, but I was, as a lot of us were, just kind of consumed with all of the negativity of that administration. And I remember... We Actually, thought, it can never get worse than this. Right. Well, th- there's that. But I remember also when I first took that job in New Hampshire, and I was like a, a, a 20-year-old or something, and uh, I was carrying, I was reading this, <laughs> I would planned on reading this book about the Nixon administration. It was, a, it was a, um, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what it was, but one of the people I worked with uh, who was older than me, probably in her 50s, was like, why would you want to read that? She's like... I am so glad that we're not consumed with Nixon anymore. I have no desire to go back there. She actually kind of recoiled when she saw that I had that book. And I wonder if that's part of it, too. I wonder if some people are not necessarily into having fun with this because it still doesn't seem super fun to us yet. Well, okay, so I was in high school during that time period, and I was very politically interested at a young age. Um, and so I feel like I knew more than your average high yeah. schooler, but still was young enough where there was a lot that was in this that I just didn't understand or know about, especially a lot of the like foreign policy pieces. Um, but I think it's super interesting. And I feel like the reason why he's making this is because history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And without trying to like give so much of the movie away, each administration tends to try to take power in a way that benefits that administration. And sometimes that creates a constitutional precedent that gives one of the branches more power or, or can sway it to a way where like now we could see this is relevant. And so I, I liked, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're like, we're talking about the Middle East and ISIS and the creation of that destabilization, which is very relevant now. Mm-hmm. So I was really interested in it because I felt like it was something I knew a little bit about in high school. And has come up a lot recently, and this was like the beginning of it. Right. So I felt like I was seeing the origin story of like right. what we're dealing with. Now. Right, right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I hope that that didn't come off as condescending, by no. the way, either, because I was very, very not engaged at all I when I was in high school. That yeah. was like going to the, all the re- feminist rallies <laughs> and like couldn't wait to vote. <laughs> yeah. But when Genevieve sent me that trailer, I remember you were like super excited, and I watched it, and I was like, well, those look like good performances. But my initial reaction was, I don't want to go back there. Like, I, that which feels was, fair. Uh, which I it think was I 
very stressful. told you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to Black Klansman. Viv, you were just watching this. Uh, I rewatched that. it uh, for in preparation for this show, and I loved this movie. And watching the trailer made me want to just go out and rewatch the movie again. It's so the trailer's great, and it's for a fantastic movie. And I think it does a really great job of uh, setting up the movie that you're going to watch. Mm-hmm. And this is another one that begins with a scene, right? Yeah. So do, do should we set this up at all or just let it rip? Um, for those who are not familiar with Black Klansman, it's a Spike Lee movie. It's that, a Spike Lee joint. Excuse yeah. me. Oh <laughs> of course. Um, Get some respect on that. And it's a, it's a true story, although it's been somewhat fictionalized for dramatic effect. But it's a true story about a cop in, I want to say, Colorado, who uh, was the first black cop uh, in this in the department that he was that he's in uh, this is in the 70s and he infiltrates even though he is black he infiltrates the local uh, KKK chapter and with the help of a white cop who plays him uh, when they when they have to do in-person undercover mm-hmm. stuff the two of them work together to expose and bring down this domestic terrorist organization which never made sense to me I mean I, I guess it's based on a true story but once you've established, because a huge tension in the movie is, well, they find out that the guy they're talking to on the phone, mm-hmm. who's a black man, is different than the white guy they're interacting with in person. Once the ball is rolling on this, just plot-wise, doesn't it seem like you would just have the Adam Driver character do all of the interactions, yes. including the phone interactions? I 100% agree. I said the exact same thing as soon as I finished watching the movie. I think that there's like a tiny bit that they're maybe not showing, that maybe it's more present in the book, that's mm-hmm. like... The Adam Driver character, that's the name Adam Driver? Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe he just isn't as invested because he's kind of like, what do I care about black mm-hmm. people problems for? I do think they try to get into that in the movie a little bit. And even in the trailer about why, um, uh, what's his name, Ron? I can't remember the name of the main guy. But why the main guy uh, is so invested in this to the point that he wants to maintain this fiction. Yes. Even if it's more impractical for him to be, be maintaining the fiction. Yeah, I mean, I, that was the only thing I could think of was just like he initiated this thing, yeah. as we'll hear uh, here. Um, and sometimes real and life so, is messy, and it's yeah. not the most logical thing that you would do if you were scripting it. Especially bureaucracy like the police. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So let's let's start this trailer again. It just begins in uh, the police station with him talking on the phone. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man. Oh, I guess it does not. I thought it opened in that. Yeah, no, I thought they explained that. This is actually a great trailer that it sets up the whole thing. Okay, so the the scene in the office on the telephone comes a little bit in a ways. Okay, I I misremembered this. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. Hello, this is Ron Stallworth calling. Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do you for? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans, and Irish, Italians, and Chinese. <laughs> but my mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. (laughs) This is a great trailer for a great movie that really captures what's great about the movie, I feel like. Uh, Have either of you seen this one? 
No. Yeah, I saw this movie too. And uh, my own personal opinion, I think this is the best movie of the year and Same. should deserve the award. Mm-hmm. I think Spike Lee is a genius. Mm-hmm. I think that he makes incredible films. He makes probably too many films. And so some of them lose <laughs> quality, but he has never won Best Picture. I think he might oh, yeah. be the first time he's been nominated. This has got, to, this should be he his year. It. Absolutely. For, I, for his body of work and for this movie in particular. If this loses to Green Book. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so here's I the mean, thing with that. There's a caveat. He will not win the Oscar. It will go to Green Book because uh, like. It's the Oscars. Yes, yeah, the Oscars. Uh, I yeah. hate the Oscars. Um, I do really want to see this. I got sucked into the new True Detective and so it's like keeps getting, but I need to rent it and watch it. <laughs> just your priority. <laughs> I, did, I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't stop. It's is the third season of that good? Oh, I heard that it's, it's supposed to be returned. Quite to form. good. And that really? one's and I and you're now the second person to tell me that. And again, I was deterred by a bad review, which I think I need to stop reading. Reviews. Yeah, other people's opinions <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> um, Except but, ours. Our opinions are correct. Okay, oh, let sure. me ask you a question. How do you feel about Mahershala Ali? I know the answer. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah, I, you're I, gonna he, love. He it. seems amazing, and I've heard nothing but good things about his performance in Green Book and True Detective. So. Yeah, it's good. I watched it all in like one day because I needed Can to Can you know say his name happened. for me again? Because Mershala? I always... Mershala? Mahershala. Mahershala. It's actually longer than that. Yeah. And check my bias. Assumed he was from another country. He's not. He's from California and his parents named him after something from the Christian Bible. And I was like, okay. Well, you, you know, go. I consider uh, California to be like another country. You know, um, I mean, those crazy people. I do really want to see Black Klansmen. And I thought that this trailer was really interesting because the production companies were like right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and at the end, it was like in cinemas. So I thought those were really interesting choices to put to be like, this is an artsy movie. Mm-hmm. Like we are more creative and we're trying to like be more playful. Yeah. And like anytime focus is in it, you know, they're like, here's our production companies, indie movie people. You're going to love this. Well, one of the things I think is crazy is just like the art of the trailer like you were talking about this mm-hmm. it's like you have this piece of artwork a, a film and it's like somebody's directed it edited it cinematography everything and then a different person comes along and like is redoes it mm-hmm. it seems weird that it's not the same person they and, decide what's important or what's yeah, sort of yeah. um, mm-hmm. gonna grab someone's attention and get them to go like be, go see that movie it's like I want you to see the Mona Lisa so I'm gonna draw a piece of the Mona Lisa but just enough to get you to want to go and look <laughs> at it but not it's so weird yeah is there another art form that has a version of trailers I mean I guess there are commercials for TV shows sure yeah or like um, the book jacket the book jacket. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely which like leads to uh, a what a, it's like a idiom in society don't trust a book by the cover right. so like maybe don't <laughs> right. trust a movie by the trailer well I, like I thought it. it was interesting because the Vice trailer was like here's the stars we got nominated for mm, things yeah. and it was like right up front whereas the ones that you like the best start in like a scene yeah I tend to yeah or at least spend some time in a scene like as a matter of fact I want to talk about the um, Black Panther um uh, trailers now too because that's a movie that I did end up loving. By the way, before we before we uh, get into that though, I have to say, and I don't know why I'm bringing it up because this is so damn visual and it's not going to translate. But you guys can all see our screens here. There was a movie that came out, I believe, in the early oh uh, 2007 called Dan in Real Life, featuring Steve Carell. And this thing has been going around the internet today of the two different uh, movie posters for it: one for a French audience and one for an American audience. And the American <laughs> one, it is like a slapsticky look. Looks like a kind of a down and out guy, Steve Carell, who is basically resting his head forlornly on a stack of pancakes. 
cakes, right? I'm seeing yeah, that right. Pancakes, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the, I believe they're pillow. flapjacks, Bob. <laughs> and then the uh, and then the poster in France is like a soft focus, kind of romantic. There, it's him. He looks and, about ten years younger. Yeah, this airbrushed photo of him, and it looks like it's almost like a you know a. Um, an international love story. Yeah. It's like a straight-to-VHS sequel to Titanic or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's very That's 97. That's I said, an international love well, story. They don't have pancakes in, Fran- in France. Yeah, they have crisps. Yeah. And so it wouldn't play. You're right. But that, I was just, I am only bringing it up because you were talking about like taking somebody's work and then like, mm-hmm. okay, now it's your turn to package yeah. it. And yeah. visions can differ. Yeah, it's like it really does just show that this is just advertising. Like a trailer is just an ad. It's trying to get you to go see the movie. Mm -hmm. So the person that made the movie is like, well, there is no ad. You you need to see the whole thing in order to understand it. And they're like, all right. So they bring in an ad agency to just kind of sell it to them. Right, right. Um, Okay, so talking about Black Panther here, uh, obviously there is so much buzz about this movie. People, again, were passing around the trailer a lot, but I don't think And it's the rare popcorn movie that's nominated. Yeah, I mean, it's the first superhero movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture. Um, and I watched a couple of trailers for it side by side, the official trailer, and then something called a teaser trailer. And we haven't really gotten into that much. And it sounds like the definition of teaser trailers are a little bit loose these days. I don't know if you guys know more about it than I do. I was just doing um, some... It's a trailer that's intended to tease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so obviously the teaser trailer usually traditionally comes out ahead of time, although I don't know that that's always the case anymore. Um, but... In this case, the teaser trailer is so much better. It's just supposed to oh, like it's kind way of better. oh, it's just supposed to like kind of tell people oh, you know, like this is coming out. We'll get more. We'll give you more of a view into this movie later. But right now, we're just going to tease you with it. And, and in think, this case, I think a teaser works for Black Panther, especially because um, it's there was a lot of mystery surrounding like yeah. what are they going to be? What are they going to do with this uh, unique Marvel superhero that is going to break a bunch of Break a bunch of molds. Right. But in this case, I almost feel like they got it backwards because the teaser trailer actually kind of gives you more of a taste of the world and what's going on. Like, I knew nothing about this whole universe um, until I saw the actual movie. And here, I'm going to play the original, tra- the official trailer for you now. And it's just like, it's nothing but a bunch of bang ups. It's just like it's just That's what Andrew calls all action. <laughs> it's like a supercut of the whole movie. It's just a yeah. supercut, and you have no idea what's going on. And as I believe Lindy West one time said, uh, I don't know what movie she was talking about, but it's like somebody just taking their action figures and bashing <laughs> them into each she other. She said that about Superman versus Batman. <laughs> right, My notes yeah. say effects, technology. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Oh, we should play a drinking game here. Kevin, you sent around a uh, a kind of a parody video from Cracked today that breaks down all the different tropes of of trailers. Did you get to see this? No, I didn't. One of the tropes is... Eventually, you're going to hear the sound of a of a transformer losing his boner. <laughs> it's like this electronic sound. <laughs> and there's a, often a moment in the exact, trailer. She knew exactly. Yes, where everything and it kind of like. Well, I watch a lot of transformer <laughs> porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, perfect. <laughs> they let the cameras run for a long time on transformer. Porn. Yeah, but I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go. go.
son, it is your time. So I think you get enough of that. It's just kind of like a clip of people talking. I'm not saying it doesn't give you any insight into the movie, but if you guys don't mind me just rolling right into the um, teaser trailer here. Tell me something. What do you know about Wakanda? It's a third world country. Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits, all the front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El Dorado. Again, this is something where, uh, even though they're showing clips of of different um, imagery, all of this audio is coming from the same scene where one person is explaining to the other person what this world is. And again, I know I'm a broken record here, but to me, that is so much more pays off so much more I like the second one better but I just realized that the only two white people in the entire movie are at the beginning of the second trailer I was wondering and they're the only ones talking the first time I watched it I was thinking more of it as an advertisement and like which one of these would make me want to watch the movie more and then now that I've already seen this because I don't remember seeing this trailer I'm like oh wow they went straight to the only there's literally two white there are literally two white characters with the whole movie and they have like this trailer it's the two white people talking and it's also the white character Martin Freeman's character who's doing the voiceover in the first one yeah. about all the oh. things that not to be a bummer no, no. That's a I, think really it's, I think it's just bringing up. I think specifically for this movie which is <laughs> like the here. reason that it was so popular is because it's unabashedly black and right. it's a superhero yeah, film a right point. and so it's like getting right down to the core of it that like yeah yeah and then the first one has voiceover of the revolution will not be televised which is like we are making a black movie uh-huh. like you could not be more signaling like this is a black movie right. yeah and so then to have this one start that way was kind of weird it but, feels like there are two different trailers for two different audiences yeah. and andrew sorry buddy i know i, I like the second one better too oh, yeah, <laughs> you're the white people audience i could not be whiter yeah, no <laughs> so it really there you, you go guys i'm not just white i am racist as fuck <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. i, I meant in terms of my like irishness <laughs> right. i'm like physically yeah. very white right, yeah no but do you think that that is so for me i'm looking at this and thinking like oh this is a good scene to set it up because these two characters are explaining everything do you think it was actually a conscious decision to market this to a wider or Whiter or whiter audience? I think so. Honestly, I really think so. I think that the first trailer is like a typical Marvel trailer. Like it yes. could have been Iron Man, it could yeah. have sure, been yeah. the Captain America, anything except for what you're looking at and what you're getting is all of these black characters, which is like 98% of the film. Mm-hmm. The other one, I I agree with you to a certain extent. Like the, the teaser trailer is better because it feels more like a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. It feels like it has more weight. It's, you're not watching like yeah. this smash them up movie. But did which it feel like an effects. edit of the whole but movie? You, but you're not sure. You're yeah. not wrong that you have two white characters explaining yeah. to white audiences what's yeah. happening. Yeah, well, that's a really what's kind of cool about Wakanda is that it's hidden and it's secret and nobody like they've hidden it from everybody. Yeah. So I understand wanting to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Like the you don't really know. It's like El Dorado is kind of cool. But I, I don't know. Mm. I think if, if you're if these are advertisements and you're trying to get butts in the seats, the way to do that is you play to the direct audience of like young black kids who really want to see themselves represented on screen in a superhero form. And you say this is not Captain America this is Black Panther and then you also need to get white audiences and seats to make the money so you say hey it's also like a cool awesome mm-hmm. new superhero film yeah. with like new stuff happening because there were scenes that with exposition that they could have used mm-hmm. that were largely sure. by black yeah. characters I mean yeah. the, the the sister scientist I'm sure had yeah. a scene where she yeah. could have explained some major 
element of yeah. the movie to the audience. And she was awesome. She was and a good she was character. Awesome. Yeah. What are those? <laughs> That's like the best line of any movie in 2018, I think, when she points out her brother's toes because he's wearing sandals. Um, so, but we all are, because I, I think I agree with you guys that that is not, I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, I don't no. think it does. Hmm. No, that sucks. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I think that's good. No, that's honestly, very because it's like yeah. you're, you're playing to different audiences. Yeah. You're, you're providing to everybody, and that's like the unifying thing of Black Panther. Is that like this movie really is for everybody? And that's the whole point. Is that like it's a black superhero, but it's not for black people. It's for everyone. Yeah. It's for black people in a different way. That's for white people. And, but we need to see it just as much. And right? we talked earlier about the difference between a movie as a piece of art and a trailer as an advertisement. Hmm. And the movie is the movie stands on its own. Like white audiences enjoyed it, black audiences enjoyed it. The advertisement has to do a different job. And yeah. I think it did it. I mean, yeah, all, every company markets differently to different demographics. Yeah. So that would make sense that they would try to appeal to different audiences. I can't think of the exact example, but um, I know, I think maybe uh, this might have even led to my early fascination with trailers is because I feel like when I was a much younger person, like in high school, I noticed that the same movie, I have no idea what it was, was cut differently just in a 30-second TV spot based on which TV show it was going into. And so seeing a movie cut for, you know, Seinfeld versus, Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know, or something maybe that's cut for more of a male audience versus a female Mm -hmm. audience uh, and placing them there, I think that stuff is really fascinating. But if you're doing it to, I don't know, it gets a little bit touchy when you're talking about the fact that you don't, you have so little representation of black people in the Marvel universe. Sure. And then if you have white people kind of white splaining it at the beginning, it's that a, is a yeah. little bit of a... Sure, yeah. But I understand what you're saying too, Kevin. Like, I'm not a big superhero movie fan. Um, like I don't seek them out. I've seen some that I really liked. I saw mm. this and I really liked it. You did, yeah. Yeah, and so I think part of that is like trying to reach out. You know, like because I heard it was great and I liked that everyone in it, like almost everyone in it was black. So I was yeah. like, I need to go see this. Like it's important that I see this. Uh, I want to jump in with a little bit of Oscar trivia. Do it. So this, like we mentioned, this is like the first superhero movie that get nominated. It's like this this big, like populist kind of film. Like hey, it's this popular. There was supposed to be this popular movie category that was like uh, a movie that maybe isn't like the best critical movie, but it's the one the audiences enjoyed the most. And they ended up canning that category because everybody there was like this huge online petition. Like please, God, don't do that. That's yeah, it's like so a condescending. Bad idea. Right? Yeah, yeah kind I, of it, is. it would be like a, almost like a talk about a back. It's like miscongeniality for the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Basically, back in like I want to say 2010, whenever The Dark Knight came out, that one with Heath Ledger as the Joker, this was like this huge film that kind of crossed between like critical assessment mm-hmm. and like the popular, you know, masses of comic book going audiences. And everyone thought this is the best movie of 2010, and it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. And back then, they only had five movies could get nominated. Five movies are nominated for Best Picture. That's right. The next year, them. it caused such a huge controversy. It was such a big stink. People were like, this was the best movie. You didn't even nominate it. They completely changed everything and now they can nominate. I think it was supposed to be 10, but now it's just kind of like however, however many they many. feel like it. Yeah. yeah. And Is that true? Uh, yeah, it's quite a lot. Of. I don't know if, if, when I was a kid, I feel like it was it's been five was, since well, like the 40s. Yeah, yeah. I, knew, I remember when now, they, that, now they'll have seven or eight. I think it's seven this year. Yeah, right? they raised the limit, but did they literally? Because I remember that I don't know five years ago they raised the limit, but did they actually make it limitless now? Yeah, it's kind of like between ten and seven is sort really? like some some, some years year. there's like nine, some years there's yeah. It kind of goes back and forth, and and I think that was to 
sort of play to audiences, which in a way is great because you bring in movies like Black Panther that never, I mean, this movie never would have made it if there was only five, right? Sure, like, right yeah. It's just not getting in there. Now it gets in there. But at the same time, if it doesn't win, it kind of feels like pointless. Like, well, we're just, this is like this, you know, participation trophy, but. Well, I, don't I think know. a lot of people were angry because whatever gets even the best picture nomination label on it gets a huge box office boost. Mm -hmm. And so all of these people were working on these films and then weren't getting the payoff. And then if you also say like, okay, all of these, you know, like majority white made audience movies are getting this best picture boost. I think that's another piece that people were angry about. And so they wanted it to be like more inclusive. There's a sure. commercial element so and a professional yeah. like uh, credentials element to it. Right. I mean, I'm sure for someone who is like a work, just a person who works on movie production, it matters what your what movies your resume? Right. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. You got to imagine sure. the like lower level peer people, not the the director. Or the I mean, they put it in the trailers. Yeah, like all the trailers are like Golden Globe nominated sure, right. from the yeah. director of Oscar nominated whatever, and so they use it as advertising. It earned the coveted Golden Monkey. Called it the coveted Crying Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's from um, ah, why can't I think of the name Tropic of the movie? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Do you guys have any idea what we're talking about? I have seen that. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I did not like it, but I have seen it. <laughs> but actually was that also by Adam McKay <laughs> it, it could have been we're talking about trailers anyway so I know we've played this on the show before but we might as well um, Tropic Thunder has a bunch of fake trailers in it because you know it's a meta story mm, yeah. about um, movie stars and what was the name of the movie that won that it's about the monks was it Simple Simon it was oh, the, Satan's Alley Satan's Alley here, let's see if I can uh, play this on the fly here in a time where to be different was to be condemned and to be condemned was to die one man chose to question his god <laughs> from fox searchlight Five-time Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus and MTV Movie Award Best Kiss winner <laughs> Tobey Maguire. Winner of the Beijing Film Festival's coveted Crying Monkey Award, <laughs> Satan's Alley. I like that way I didn't set that up at all. It's about uh, monks in love. <laughs> I mean, hashtag would watch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I would like that more than Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we have a bunch here. I would um, watch anything from Kirk Lazarus's <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what, what do we think he, was, he won the awards for? <laughs> uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? I mean, I know this movie Roma, which was a Netflix release, looks absolutely beautiful everybody's telling me i gotta see it um and i i intend to As a matter of fact i just downloaded it so i can watch it on our upcoming flight um the trailer itself though doesn't really tell you much about it it's nothing but music and beautiful imagery from the black and white movie yeah no that's the movie yeah, <laughs> it's it just nothing yeah. yeah it's just i've heard stuff it doesn't happening. have like an incredibly it's it's not really about a particular storyline it's more like a series of events that happened to this family yeah, it's more about like their housekeeper and sort of like the tragedy that she just constantly deals with and the uh, tragedy that surrounds the family and how they sort of need each other. And it's 
it's incredibly created and filmed and the cinematography is like completely bonkers. It's one of those films that I would say it's like a film for filmmakers. Yeah. I don't know that the general populace is going to enjoy it, but um, I really, really loved it. It's kind of hard to watch. I told Emily not to watch it. Yeah, my mom also told me not to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom told you yeah, not she's to sad. watch it? Um, uh. Well, okay, so I have not seen this, but I thought the trailer told me everything about the film because... It's in black and white. The first thing that you see is the film festivals. It's one. The typeface of the movie name uh-huh. is in a deco font, which tells you it's like create like we're artists. This is a film. <laughs> it won the coveted gold crying. Right. Yeah, yeah, but not in yeah, a negative yeah. way. Right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they had like all all of the different quotes from different reviewers that loved it. And like everyone gave it five stars. I mean, this trailer is screaming we don't have stars that you will recognize and it's not about the plot, but everyone loved this. And mm-hmm. if you like film capital F, you mm-hmm. will love this It's movie. a prestige yeah. project. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I love, Emily, how much attention you pay to signifiers oh. and like how aware you are of like these, um, these signifiers that are not the not the thing that they want not the thing that they think you're looking at uh-huh. but these sure. but I all studied the, like, a lot of design the dressing I wrote a lot about typefaces in these notes <laughs> <laughs> but I mean and like in the second one it's called a powerful vision yeah. which I thought uh-huh. was very yeah. and it ends like I per- I preferred the second trailer because it has like a crescendo to the end which is very oh they have that Pink Floyd song in yeah. it right yes. yeah which seems like an odd juxtaposition this takes place in Mexico City yeah, yeah. But in the 70s say, in the yeah. 70s yeah. Um, then, then you have like Pink Floyd who I just think of as you know just like a different well, kind of seventies, yeah. prog rock, yeah, very different, different. 70s. I feel like this movie is super, super important to the Academy Awards because it was made by Netflix, or mm-hmm. like at least came out on Netflix, which is the first time that's happened. And I think that there was a lot of contro- I don't know what to say controversy, but like pushback for years where streaming services were not getting their films put into uh, award contention and they kind of broke through that with Manchester by the Sea where it was like an Amazon Prime film. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And there was like some weird caveat where if you have it in a certain number of theaters for a certain number of days or whatever, you can get by on that. I don't think that you can just go direct to streaming yet and have it in consideration yeah for you Oscar. have to have it in a theater for what is I was gonna it? say like I definitely saw Manchester by the sea in a theater yeah. you did yeah. yeah but I also think that this film is in Spanish it takes place in Mexico which I think is fascinating that it's nominated for best picture it's also nominated for best foreign language film so mm-hmm. like obviously not gonna win best picture because like you know yeah uh, mm-hmm. and uh the thing I think is interesting is like, I mean, this is an aside, but this filmmaker is like kind of a big filmmaker who's made a bunch of other movies, including a Harry Potter movie. And he kind of late in his career has decided I'm going to go back to my childhood and like make this film about like the Mexico city that I grew up in. It's like semi biographical autobiographical about his childhood. And I think that's fascinating. That's like, it like really is this passion project and this mm-hmm. like already thing by this like mainstream did, guy. He directed gravity. Did gravity get nominated for best picture? I think, it I think did. so. Yeah. yeah. I think so it got too. nominated for a bunch of things because I remember being like, okay, I don't know if I want to see this, but then I saw the trailers and the nomination info enough to where I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe I would see this. Yeah. <laughs> like I it got bashed into my head. <laughs> You're talking about watching films with a capital F. Like this is, this is definitely up my alley, but it certainly would have been up my alley. Like when I was in college, this is like for the sure. only kind of shit that I watched in college and I was very snobby <laughs> yeah. about stuff totally. and I'll never forget my other kind of snobby friend although he was much more of an Ebert head where he he kind of liked everything and appreciated the lowbrow and the highbrow but I think he was talking about American Beauty I'm not sure but I remember him describing a movie one time 
as a quote film for people who usually like movies and i thought that was the oh, most devastating oh, like again i don't even know if that's a backhanded compliment or just a straight up insult that, no that's so cutting <laughs> that's like a serious side that's eye. really amazing yes, it yeah. is yeah i need to remember that <laughs> what else do you guys like for this i mean let's face it we're not even really talking about trailers that much anymore at this point uh i don't really uh we had bohemian rhapsody we had the Oh, the favorite. The favorite was the trailer out of all of these that made me want to see the movie the most. Holy moly. When I saw that trailer in the theater, Mm -hmm. I was like, Andrew, we've got to see this. And then you never made time for it. I went to see it by myself because I was like, I'm not letting the favorite (laughs) get out of theater. And I want to see in the theater. I love the trailer. And I actually think even as good as as good as the trailer was, the movie was better. I really want to see it. And I am. the other, if it wins, I won't be mad. Yeah, I think Black Klansman should win. I don't think I think Kevin, you're right, it won't. So second choice is the favorite. Yeah, I, I saw the favorite as well, and I freaking love this filmmaker. He's this crazy Greek guy that makes these insane yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. The, and lobster. the lobster, yes, the lobster, which I, mean, I really liked. Yeah, yeah. if you yeah. really liked that, go watch like one of his first ones, Dogtooth. It's bonkers. It's mm-hmm. like if Wes Anderson was like completely insane, more insane than he already is. <laughs> cool, I'll take and, that recommendation. Uh, I, I, it's in Greek though. That's one of his Greek films. But I think this is like his mainstream grab at attention, and it freaking worked. It's fantastic and. The story is fan- fascinating. It's like an all women yeah. sort of like story, and that's amazing. So um, what I liked about this one that was the undertone of the trailer was um, it starts with all the film festival awards and mm-hmm. the font is like a serif font, which is not common for movie trailers. And the text for everything was justified, which means that the right and left is like at the same. And so some of the words are spaced out uh-huh. more, which is like, yes, yes. you see that with the lobster too. Is I that think kind that of his brand? Lo- you exactly, see it in yeah. newspapers, yeah. but it's very formal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so yes. I liked it a lot because the time period feels very formal and all of their clothing, but but they're laughing maniacally and the score is very erratic. And so I felt like this movie is way more fun than I would have thought it was if I had just seen a poster. Yeah. And all of that formality and uh, old timiness, for lack of a better uh, uh, word for that, is um, juxtaposed in the movie with how modern the characters are and the way they talk to each other. And even some of the some of the ways in which they dance and interact like did you you must have seen or maybe you haven't but did you see the uh, Marie Antoinette by um, sure Sofia Coppola by Sofia Coppola yeah. yeah it's like in that same thing where it takes place in the past and yes they're dressed in past you know old clothes but they the movie characters don't seem to think that they inhabit the past like they seem like they think that they're living in their own present mm-hmm. and I thought that was true of this movie too like they they appear to exist in their own present for them it doesn't feel like it's you know, I mean, I love history. I love uh, mm-hmm. costume dramas, but you watch like, um, you know, what was that one? Love and Friendship, which I love very much. Yeah. But it is very much like an arch costume drama where everyone is living in the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bit more like Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little more accessible. Although the story and like the filmmaking is kind of awkward and weird and crazy in <laughs> this creaky way. One of the things I think is interesting is that this guy, Yorgos Lathamos, this filmmaker, is that he started in commercials and that his, like, I don't know, 10 years of his career was spent making commercials and advertisements. No like kidding. Thousands of them in Greece. And so I wonder if he actually directed his own oh. advertising. And I wonder if that's even a thing. Like, or at least had more own... of a say in it, maybe. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. And so maybe that's why it's I slightly it. different the than best. some of the other yeah. ones. 
Can we play a little bit yeah. of this one? It's pretty audible. What I wanted to say here, so there are two versions, and again, you have the, um, the, the I guess, the official trailer, and then you have the teaser. And I don't know if I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I'm trying to come up with my unified theory of what I like in a trailer. But in the official trailer, it, you can it, it captures the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cra- craziness of the entire thing, but it also tells you kind of what the plot is. You can tell that these two women are competing for favor with the queen. And then you have the teaser trailer, which doesn't tell you shit. Yeah. It's just a bunch of clips of people acting Which bizarre. are actually way out of... They, they're set up to... Like as if to respond to each other in yeah. the, in the clip, but those scenes have nothing to do with each other. And I like this one better. Yeah. I like the one that doesn't tell me anything, but just gives me the mood of the movie. So let's take let's take a listen to uh, that's the one I'm going to play now. We can play the other one too if you guys want. Dearest queen, how goes the kingdom? Did you just look at me? Stop it! I am the queen, but you are mad. <laughs> You look like a badger. I've sent for some lobsters. I thought we could race them and then eat them. What did you say before, Vives, when we were watching this off the air? It's like got a lot of visual rhyming, like yeah. matching scenes. Yeah, where there a character is twirling and then another character is twirling. She says throw and then they throw something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cutting between scenes and taking out of context. So that was my favorite. What did you guys, of the two, did you like the more straightforward one or this more bizarre one? I like them both. Um, the second one I wrote was definitely more playful. Mm-hmm. That's this but one that we're playing. I, it. I yeah. liked, so I, my biggest trailer pet peeve is when they, like, I don't need to see the movie because I just saw everything in the trailer. Yeah, sure, right. Yeah. To the point where I'm like, you know this is in the last 20 minutes and a clip of it gave, made it into the trailer. <coughs> green book. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what I wrote in the green book notes. Yeah. But um, for this one, you I get didn't... everything about the movie from the green book trailer. Yeah, I think I I'm feel all like set. I've seen I that. Didn't, yeah. Like, the first one gives you a lot of information, but I didn't feel like I didn't want to see it. I felt like I wanted to see it more and I liked the introduction of like the dynamic between the two women um, but the second one I I mean I like them both I feel like they were very different I did not take very many notes and I did this a few days ago I just am noticing now that my only note under the green book trailer is good Christ <laughs> <laughs> I am not <laughs> I do not want to see that um, let's see here did you guys want did you want to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody that to yeah. me was a very straightforward kind of we have both the teaser trailer and the regular trailer they're both pretty straightforward biopic-y, right? So, go ahead. I think this is the one that we maybe have the most to say, where mm. original, essentially, I want to kind of back up, is the, 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 the idea of the trailer being like to advertise the movie, and some movies like the favorite, like Emily was saying, really need a trailer because yeah. a lot of people wouldn't yeah. know about this movie. A movie like Black Panther, like, do we even need a Black Panther mm. trailer? Like, is there anyone that didn't <laughs> right. know this was coming out or doesn't know anything about it's it? It's not, yeah, it's not to tell people that it's happening, it's to drum up excitement. Yeah, yeah it's a hype to video. amp up, yeah. it's to hype the crowd. And then I think a movie like Bohemian Rhapsody maybe fits somewhere in the middle and I so I saw this movie and I thought it was an okay movie I think a trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody if I was on the ad campaign I would say let's trick audiences into going to see this movie mm-hmm. and I think that the, t- the difference in the trailers is pretty stark in this one yeah I also saw it I thought it was fun um Rami Malek's performance is like 
the whole reason to see the mm-hmm. movie and the music, but you could just like play a record. Right. But I thought that this was like a music video. It showed way too much of the, the movie. The second one was like a weird mashup. I kind of liked that. Really? I Literally like a music mashup extra. of two of their, they <laughs> took was. two Queen songs and mashed them together. We Will Rock yeah. You and yeah. Bohemian and Rhapsody. So, and Bohemian Rhapsody. I just, I was like, people are going to go see this anyway. Yeah. So you don't need yeah. to play every scene, like two seconds of every scene of the entire movie for me. Like I wanted it to be yeah. very minimal mm-hmm. and only have like, if it had like the we will rock you, like don't dun, dun, clap. Mm-hmm. And then like a two seconds of him like turning around. Everyone yes. would have yes. gone bananas. Yeah. I agree. I think that I, I think they should have been more withholding because obviously you're going to get the whole story arc of Freddie Mercury. Uh, you know, they they start from nothing. They get really big. Now Freddie's gay. Then they go to Live Aid or what? What's the big concert? Live yeah, Aid. Live yeah, Aid. Live yeah. Aid. Like we actually already sort of know that that's the exactly. story of Queen. Yeah, right. yeah. Like when they when they were doing all those like tributes to Queen back in the nineties. Like I like I feel like I basically know that, and that's also the story of every large band. Sure, exactly. right. Not to be the generational weirdo about it, but you know, the my first real exposure to Queen was as. Um, kind of a not a comeback for them, but I was not into. I was into like sixties and seventies movie uh, music growing up, but it wasn't until Wayne's World that Bohemian Rhapsody and the idea of Queen really got on my radar. And that was what twenty years 92. after, yeah, after their heyday. And now I was. Let's just say I was at the bar again. Who knows? And I literally passed some people talking about the movie, and they said, oh, yeah, I didn't really know them before this. It's like every 20-some yeah. years, every 20 years, Queen gets reintroduced It became to number one again. Did it? Yeah. Uh, that song? And it's Yeah, and it's funny because I have a sister who's um, 15, and she just got a record player for Christmas, and she loves Queen, and I'm sure it's because of this movie. Uh-huh. And I started listening to Queen. Um, I have, like, an art dad who, like, introduced me to records when I was, like, 14. <laughs> and so I would listen to Queen younger, but it was not. It was a weird thing. Uh-huh. Um, it was like you would do it to like pump up for your like your political rallies. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. You are so getting it. Yes. <laughs> He's like accurate. Um, I was like, I'm the champion. <laughs> um, so it's really interesting to see through her eyes because she's not seen Wayne's World. Uh-huh. And I have seen that's probably the movie I've seen the most in my life. Uh-huh. Um just like passively, really? yeah, That's passively, yeah. Just because it's not on it's TV that much, is it? No, I own it and I've uh, always watched it. Yeah, yeah. Just a comfort food for you. I've been with Garth for Halloween. Yeah, mm. nice. So I asked her. I was like, "Have you seen Wayne's World?" And she was like, "No, I never even heard of that." Because you know, it came what? out. What? Well, she's 15. I for the yeah. youth. She's 15. <laughs> yeah. Well, Come she'll on. see it. Yeah. She, I feel I, like it's the big sister, though. You're dropping the ball here. Yeah. I mean, well, your dad was doing the service for you, yeah, it's and you true. know, yeah. I'm working on it. I sent her a bunch of records. <laughs> so she. She, I don't know if she's seen it or not, but that scene where they're singing Bohemian Rhapsody in the car is so famous mm-hmm. that it's crazy to me that like people wouldn't have that as a touch point for Queen. I think it had a huge impact on people knowing what Queen was. That movie was yeah, massive. Me. Yeah, I saw it in the theater like three times, and I wouldn't call myself an unusually big fan of Wayne's World. Everyone was watching it all the time. Yeah, can you yeah. tell your story? Do you know the story I'm thinking about? I don't. Your friends, what your friend's mom said about it. Oh, this is so sad. Um, I uh, dated a guy in high school and his mother uh, was, and I assume is, a pathological liar. Uh, And I hope she is listening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was about to say, I'm sorry I put you on the spot. I can cut this out. (laughs) We were, and for some reason I was stuck in the car with her. I I hated being around her, but I I was stuck in the car with her. And um, Bohemian Rhapsody came on and it was just in the background um, and then at a certain point, the operatic part started playing. Of course, it's a super long song. 
And without missing a beat, she said, I love this opera. And I was like, what opera do you love? Wayne's World? <laughs> <laughs> I think she was just like trying to flex. Like it's right. a, I mean, weird flex, right? Yeah, yeah. Flex. That's Absolutely. That's so weird. That's amazing. I thought she had actually claimed to have seen it or something like that. I mean, I forget exactly yeah, how right. she put it, but she definitely like tried to give the impression that she was like an cultured, op- a cultured opera yeah. lover who knows <laughs> this, Yikes. this opera. Oh, man. I also love culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish that's what I'd said. Yes, culture is the best. Uh, do you want to hear any of the Bohemian Rhapsody um, trailers? Play the, play the mashup just for just the so listener. That, yeah, let's all bit. just stomp clap and then. That, <laughs> oh, that was the one last thing I was going to say about this. Like, I have a real um, allergy. Uh, oh, he hates biopics. I hate biopics so much. Yeah, Apparently, unless George Clooney makes them, because I do like Good Night and Good Luck and. Um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. What about which I'm Walk pretty the sure. Line? Did you like that? I never saw that. Oh. Oh, yeah, I just don't like, I, I don't like movies like this where it's like somebody, like every, all the accolades are because somebody's doing a really good impression of somebody else. Like sure. impersonation is fine, but it's like, like the it doors. seems vaudevillian to me. When, like, uh, yeah. 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 Who was the Doors? It was uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I was a huge It's basically the same kid, movie. I saw that a million times, yeah. And I think maybe this goes to your age thing where, you know, if you saw, if you watch movies and you've seen a lot of biopics and you right. know this formula, I can tell you exactly exactly how this movie was going to go. The, the beats of a biopic, especially a music biopic, are so predictable. Yeah. yeah. And there's a yeah. line in here, maybe we'll play enough of it so you hear it, but they're talking, supposedly, I'm assuming, that they're um, showing us the origin of We Will Rock You, and somebody mm-hmm. says, I think it's Brian it's a little May, convenient. I want to make a song that the audience can play for us or something. I'm just like... Fuck you. <laughs> well, that's why I think what I was saying is like, can we trick the audience into seeing this? You know, it's like, can we make it look cooler than it is? Because if this trailer goes on very long, I, I have the same reaction. I'm like, this looks bad. I yeah. can tell you exactly how For this movie's sure. going to go. Yeah. Right. Mashup of three right. songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this was. I thought it was a little extra. <laughs> I got to say, I I really like it, and I wonder if I'm not a Queen fan. I don't dislike Queen. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly love Queen, and I wonder if it um, hurts your sensibilities because you are such a Queen I'm fan. A, yeah, I'm not the biggest Queen fan I know, uh-huh. but I mean it's up there. Yeah, like I have a tremendous amount of respect for the music, and I've been listening to it for most of my life, and maybe that's why. Well, let's take I'm a like, listen. You don't have to mix them together; they're all good. <laughs> yeah. Do me a favor as we listen a little bit more. Pretend you're about to go out to a it rally. It is astonishing how many amazing, how many Queen songs everyone knows. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. incredible, yeah. and it's every album is so incredible. And they play with so many different genres. It's like every sports event. (laughs) (laughs) You heard at least three or four. (laughs) Yeah, true. So now what? This is when the operatic section comes in. I love oh, that opera. The operatic section, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love seeing the old uh, recording equipment again. Like, if you, if I don't really care about plot or the fact that like I know the beats of this movie already without seeing it, like all that stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. But I understand the kind of like, I don't know the the visual porn of it, the 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 appeal. The costumes. Of like this. I will yeah. say this: these trailers for for Bohemian Rhapsody, which is not a movie that particularly appeals to me. I, you know, I could take or leave a um, biopic like this. The costumes are kind of enticing. Yeah. Well, it's not a great movie. His performance is like what makes it, and the anybody's talking. I about feel like it. that, like that Bohemian Rhapsody and and Vice. Although you say sure, Vice yeah. is really worth seeing, but well, the, those I feel are like the they were trying that, something. Which that's I what everybody's saying now. about both yeah. is that the performances are yeah. just. Mm. But I feel like as someone who's flawless. been listening to music from the 60s 70s for my entire life i'm never going to experience queen he died when i was young mm. and just to have like an hour or two hours i mean i watch the live aid video all the time because the performance mm. is like one of the best performances of all time and so i feel like i liked it because it's like two hours where i can pretend like i'm alive at the same time as freddie mercury <laughs> right. if i pretend hard enough and fake believe that I wasn't born in the horrible 80s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we've almost done them all. I mean, we just have this turd laying here that says Green Book. <laughs> I mean, should we even crack this thing open? Like, do you guys I wrote, have... feels like I just saw it. Yeah. I'm so glad that you guys are on the same page with Green Book because I wasn't sure. I didn't know exactly what your aesthetic was. Um, and I didn't want to like shit all over Green Book if you were like, you know, it was really moving. But like, I really learned how to be a good white person. Yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> I'm, I've, I'm glad we're all on the same page. For me to not want to see something that has Mahershala Ali in it, who plays like an innovative, crazy jazz uh, And Viggo Mortensen. Because those are yeah. like, I think he's such a great. babe. I yeah. love like crazy um, experimental jazz. And so I like, mm. I'm not going to see this. I think like, I mean, we talk about, Oh, like, I don't know, controversial in quotes issues all the time, like race and sexism, misogyny, all these things in film. And it's like a big problem. And for a movie like this to come out in 2018 and to still be prevalent, I think the th the problem with this film is that it's like the other side of the Black Klansman coin, where it's like instead of black people trying to fight racism, it's like here, white people yeah. are going to fight racism. And mm -hmm. this concept nowadays is such a huge problem of like, well, okay, I get it that Viggo Mortensen is this huge racist, but if we just spend time with him, he'll understand us. And that's just puts a lot of burden on the good guys that yeah. isn't necessary they, did, they made this movie and it was called driving miss daisy <laughs> and, and it felt like okay that was a product also of its time. nominated for best picture also nominated i think did it win I might have, yeah. it, it may have it definitely was nominated it was a movie of its time but i agree like we should have moved on by now uh in the stories that we tell about racism and i think black klansman does move on and does advance uh our collective understanding of that and this is like again all of the criticisms that i read of it were like this is another story where like a, a black savior teaches a white racist not to be racist and then we can all feel good about it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like this weird flip on the like Legend of Bagger Vance thing. Yes. Where, like now he's in power but he's playing the same character yeah. and that's just problematic. It's like today we, we kind of generally understand what racism is and it's bad and so now you have these movies where it gets really, really, really subtle and it's just like we don't need this movie. Yeah. We need progressive. I also, I mean, like I saw this trailer multiple times and then watched the Golden Globes and then had to Google Google Green Book because does not explain it to you. Mm. And it's a horrifying piece of our history. And I feel like to have it be the title of the movie and not be a 
part of it. Oh, like what the actual yeah, green what book the, is. the green book. Yeah, it was yeah. like a guide for people traveling through the South, so they knew where they could go to be yeah. safe for for African Americans. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't know what it was until no, then either. Because I didn't the movie you... doesn't do a good job of explaining the history. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know about this movie until it wasn't even the Golden Globes. It was the one that came. Was it the SAG AFTRA Awards or something? Yeah. There was some sort of uh, industry awards that I think this won the highest honors for and then a bunch of people started freaking out on twitter and i was like i haven't even heard of this damn thing yeah and i think like uh as the resident cinephile the capital f film capital g guy i'm gonna say <laughs> that um i think blank black klansman is the best film all around it should deserve the award i liked the favorite the most i think green book is the one that's going to win the best picture you really think I it just, will win huh yeah the academy is like you have to you can't say what's the best picture you have to say what does the what academy think assholes? is the best picture yeah. let's think of a group of old white well, here's yeah. the thing is that they had a black female president for, I think, like 10 years, and she just stepped down uh, the year before last, and now we have an old white guy, and yeah. that's kind of what he's going to pick, probably. So Well, we'll it, but it's the votes, though. I mean, the president doesn't get all the votes, I mean, right? Maybe, I thought they tried to... Maybe, maybe. Oh, are you about to blow <laughs> the scandal wide open? I mean... The demographics of the voters skew heavily male and white. Yeah. I know it's gotten a little bit better recently, but it's not representative of the population of, like, moviegoers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or even movie creators. I yeah. mean, I mean, it's already the 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 Academy Awards itself, the the production, the television event is already mired in scandal. That the wise thing to do would be to play to pe- what people want in order to like win audiences back. Whether or not they're able to do that is we're, we're gonna have to see. But just answer me this: Will I learn a lesson from Green Book or not? <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all I want. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind This is this means it's time to check in with the ad council. There are listeners. It just occurred to me, like, sitting here in the room with you guys listening to this, it is a very wistful way to introduce our email segments. I will definitely... I love me some Harry Nelson. <laughs> me too. Big, long-time fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, oh, this is... Uh, was this written for Midnight Cowboy or just yeah. used in Midnight Cowboy? Yeah, it was written for... Yeah. It. Uh, so what do we have from the Ed Council, Vives? Well, I'll keep it brief because I think we uh, we probably kept these guys here for, for yeah. long enough. But um, I wanted to bring up something that listener Eddie put on our Facebook page, which I thought was so interesting. We talked last week about the um, Bud Light Game of Thrones crossover commercial for the Super Bowl that we mm-hmm. were so delighted by because Blew it was such a surprise. Um, but for, for truly astute uh, and huge Game of Thrones fans, it may not have been the biggest surprise because... Apparently, during uh, right before the joust starts, like they they're sitting there, the king and the queen are kind of like bantering or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, they're playing the trumpets are playing the reigns of Castamere, mm-hmm. which I did not catch, uh, but it's like a an in fiction song that was written by you know the lyrics were written by George R R Martin. They're in the novels, and then they you know of course wrote a song that I think like Sigur Rose famously played at one mm-hmm. some point in the Oh, is that what they're playing? The Isn't Sigur Rose in the Red Wedding scene? No. Who is that up in the balcony in the Red Wedding scene? That's some famous it's band. It's some too, famous band, yeah. but I don't think it's anyway, okay. maybe it's Sigur Rose, but they I think they play it at a different point in uh, the in the show. Uh, I didn't play the Sigur Rose version cuz it's 
very slow and dirge-like. Okay. But here, why don't you play the Bud Light uh, just the, maybe the first yeah, 10 I seconds hear, here. Because I would have so, never Because it's really hard this. to pick up, even listening for it. Emily, you were nodding your head vigorously. Game did of you Thrones hear this? is my film with a capital F. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you see Like, I'm going to rewatch it before. I didn't see the beginning of it. I saw the part with the actors, and then I saw Bud Light and was really bummed out that uh, they made a Bud Light commercial. You, you, but, so I'm very excited to see this because I get the reference. That, that some other friends of mine had, too. They felt it was a sort of sacrilegious. Yeah. But I, I was... I don't know. I, as someone who loves commercials and loves Game of Thrones, uh, it was two great tastes that taste great together. All right, let's take a listen to the actual commercial. So that's it. It's a beautiful day for a joust. Indeed. Sun's out. Got my lucky loincloth, cold Bud Light, comfy throne. I don't have the plague anymore. Look, it's the Bud Light. Right, and now so I love that Easter egg, though, because now, like, I when when they start, when they, you guys have seen this whole commercial, haven't no, you? No, I didn't see the beginning. <laughs> oh, okay. It says, I don't have the plague Should, should I keep going? So <laughs> I saw the end oh, okay. of it. I love these guys, too. But this, like, like, medieval thing is awesome. Yes, I gotta say, I've kind of <laughs> The gone, dilly dilly verse? Yeah, yeah we've it. gone hot and cold on that, and I, I won't bore our listeners with it, because they've already been on the journey with me, but... Um, when I was watching this and it seems like for a moment I'm like oh my god this is getting dark it almost seems like Game of Thrones wait are they making a Game of Thrones joke holy shit this is Game of Thrones like I went through all the emotions while watching this it was very effective for me but now knowing that they hid this little easter egg so that long before you see a dragon or even a knight they're already signaling. I love I it. love that so much. Because this is two ad, two different... Um, uh, yeah, Droga, Droga 5 and Wyden Kennedy. Exactly. Uh, because each of these you know products, for lack of a better word, have their own agencies. And then they combine mm-hmm. for this one. So, of course, it's going to be good. So, do you want me just to play the song now? The, yeah, the sure. Of you don't have to, I mean, it's going to be kind of slow here. This is uh, by someone named Jackie Ivancho, who's not an artist I'm familiar with. Is this the one that you said was too dirge-like, or no? This is the less dirge-like <laughs> one. Believe it or not, I looked for several. I, I looked for ones that were not dirgy, but this uh, is the jazziest one. It, this is the jazziest version that I could find. Wait, there's another ska version. <laughs> Yeah, good. hard okay, pass good. on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I, I love Game of Thrones, but not that deep. Yeah, no, no that's. <laughs> I'm not gonna listen. To that's that. rough. Um, all right. That, so I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to that's Eddie for calling awesome. that out because that was a great little Easter egg, and I love I love stuff like that. Um, this one is from listener Cheryl, and she posted it to the Facebook group. Um, and this is an ad for Credit Karma that she was pretty grossed out by. Now I have, I I you can we can play it here. It's from some dude's website or some company's website called Cut and Run that looks like they either make or edit commercials. Huh. So I'm unclear if this is a commercial that's aired somewhere. I mean, Credit Karma obviously does do ads and is a real thing. Um, so it's not like it's a hoax. But I wonder if this is uh, maybe something that only has aired uh, or only has been made available through this Cut and Run website. But anyway, um, it's... An advertisement for Credit Karma, and they're trying to sell you on the idea that checking your credit score, a soft check on your credit score, mm-hmm. will not damage your credit because it's been a long, it's long been a misconception that if you just check your credit score, uh, it'll lower it. But actually, it's only a hard check, like if a bank does it or whatever, that would actually do that. So uh, I think it's self-explanatory what you're hearing here, but the voice that you're hearing 
the narrator of this is a piece of chewed up gum. Ooh. It's a man dressed in a slimy pink chewed up gum suit. Ugh. I already don't like it. Yeah. I just checked my credit. Checking hurts it, you know. Huh? Oh, this is so gross. A lot of people say that checking your credit. So this is the gum talking. Believing that it takes me sitting in a bunch of gum is actually in the intestines of the. It's a very graphic chewed up, like giant chewed up food. So those are like security guards who are talking at the beginning, just in their boring workday, and the one accidentally swallows his gum. And so now he's the piece of gum is in the intestines, and it's it's it goes from a somewhat innocent kind of Mister Slim Goodbody. I call him Mister Slim Goodbody, by the way. Um, (laughs) But then it gets real gross. So. A lot of people say that checking your credit can hurt it. It's like believing that it takes me seven years to digest. It's just not true. The truth is, checking your credit on Credit Karma never hurts it. And as for me, you know how that sounds. Oh, he's working his way. Oh! Check your credit for free now. Then then he walks into the colon. I mean, that was really quick. Is it in his pants? Like, did he make it to the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad somebody's asking the real questions. Um, Listener Cheryl, not a fan. Um, She said, I saw this while streaming SNL on Hulu. So I guess it is airing somewhere. Uh, This truly grossed my partner and I out. But I suppose it worked to some extent because it helped me to remember what product it's advertising. I sort of feel the same way about this that I do about the Skittles pox ad. Um, it's nasty, but oddly effective advertising. Huh. So I, we've we've talked many times about uh, whether an ad can be good, even if it's gross, because it is still effective. Yeah. What do you guys? I don't think what do you about guys? That? Are you guys? Yeah. Gonna yeah. I'm going to go buy some gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually kind of right? liked it. I didn't think it was that gross. Yeah. You're not going to no, check your credit gross. score, but you are. I was really interested. Yeah. I was really interested in how they made it. I was like, okay, what did they use for the intestines? I really like how that's right. a lot of practice. Like I thought it was cool. Yeah. I mean, you guys are the experts. Is commercials getting weirder? Yeah. I feel like that was like credit karma is a very you know you know, uh, conservative concept. And this is a very weird commercial. So many commercials are getting weird. Like Skittles is leading the way, but Mountain Dew has yeah. been super weird. Even Burger King is getting really yeah. absurd. They want to appeal to the youth. I feel like there's certain brands that kind of have made that their niche, but like Credit Karma, yeah. Yeah. Know, left field. I feel like Skittles really like kind of blazed the path. And now yeah. a bunch of people are just kind of like, oh, oh, and of course Geico. Geico Ge- has some really yeah. weird yeah. shit too. And then they, but Geico's that's always got time. like a, Geico has like a three beat punchline for yeah, every ad basically. Does, yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. Yeah. Th- those were um, good. Good on you, ad council. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. You guys. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. Thank you so much for having us. Did you know that you were going to be here for almost 90 minutes? <laughs> this is I not... did. Because <laughs> that's usually what happens when I start talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, we thought we were going to be longer because we can't shut us I brought a sleeping bag. Hope you're okay <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah. So, uh, well, this is not good for um, on-show talk, but let's face it. If we have any listeners left, they're in for the ride. You have to make it all the way back across town to West Seattle. Yeah, I live in southwest Seattle. I'm actually a mile north of White Center. My God. And you're Snow. doing public transportation. Well, the my whole sweetest way. of all time human being of a husband is going to pick me up at the Soto station. Oh, oh, okay. Because the bus that runs to West Seattle is not doing so hot. Yeah, for those who don't it's live around here, like there. we're cl- digging out of a snowstorm. And Several. honestly, getting yeah. from West Seattle, like 
I explained to my friends when they moved to West Seattle, I said, I love you, but not West Seattle I love yeah. you. Like, you know, like, to me, that's like going to a different country. So I feel like it's actually very easy to get there. Yeah, we feel like that about where you guys yeah. are. That's accurate. <laughs> I had to take three modes of transportation to get here. Yeah. And so I guess in the from snow. work, right, it's yeah. like one. Yeah, and for it was uphills minutes. both ways in the snow, and there yeah. were snakes biting at our ankles. They took my shoes away. Oh, they still haven't dealt with those snakes. Yeah. That's weird. All right, guys. Um, Will you tell the people where they can get yes, your podcast? Yes, exactly. Yes, we are the Deadbeat Film Society, Emily and I, and a guest every two weeks analyze an important film. You can find us at Deadbeat Film Society on Instagram, at DB Film Society on Twitter, and we're on iTunes and all the things. It's four words, Deadbeat Film Society. And you say important film. Does that mean it's always like capital F? Yes, films. always. No. Most recent episode as proof, Groundhog Day. Yeah, we've done everything from like arty art films like The Holy Mountain to like kind of standards like Vertigo and everything in between. Cold cool. films, we do it all. A lot of the podcast is like us trying to figure out is this film important and why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, highly uh, recommend. Uh, anything else? You guys all good? All right, well, thank you again for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, Vives and I will talk to you next Tuesday, guys. So your money if your style's still tasteless. I celebrate the fact I moved into my mama's basement. I don't pay rent. I sell old books for new ones. New fives, two jobs, so live, whole live at the spin show. Beats by Diplo, stack bundles, rest in peace. Della Reese's nieces.